Hey everybody, I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. It is International Women's Day. Yep. Boom. Congrats. Pre-roll Beyonce who run the world. Celebrating women's achievements, raising awareness against bias, taking action for equality. We're here for it at the Tees. Absolutely. It's a big day, international, everybody around the globe. The theme is, I believe, choose to challenge, choosing to challenge stereotypes, things that are holding women back from, you know, advancement within the globe, frankly. Um, We're not about having ceilings, stuff in women's way. This is a good day to Mm -hmm. recognize all of that and to champion women. And speaking of championing women, we've got an incredible Mm -hmm. interview lined up, which we will talk about in a second. Something that we should not celebrate, though, is this Reese's abomination that I have no. seen online. I feel like everybody that's listening to us has seen this because it's so horrible. It's peanut butter on peanut butter. There's no chocolate, which just seems wrong and shouldn't be celebrated. I don't okay, think good. a woman came up with that, to be clear. <laughs> no, no, it was probably no hard some feelings. Dumb just dude. kidding. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to try it. Oh, that's not true. I'm going to try it. A peanut butter cup encased by peanut butter. But it's not going to be the same, and it's not going to be great. And for those who are allergic to peanut butter, that's a double whammy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I don't suffer mm-hmm. from that allergy, but same. it's a real thing. Sorry for, for all of those folks out there. <laughs> I'm going to try it too, just to be disgusted or delighted. You know, I mean, it's a crapshoot. Do you think it'll melt? Or no? One worries about these things, right? I mean, like there's no chocolate to keep it all contained. And when it's the peanut butter, I, I mean, it doesn't look especially appetizing, no. I will say. Like it's a lump. like, yeah. So my challenge to both of us is to try mm. it mm. and we'll report back on it next week. It can't be worse than the Lady Gaga Chromatica Oreos. True. Speaking of celebrities, If you liked our interview with celebrity stylist, salon owner, and activist Ted Gibson, make sure you hit subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions because somebody's watching the mailbox at volumeup at thetease.com. Ted Gibson breathes some life into me. He was great. And the moment he was, we kind of rapped about the cerulean blue basement store sweater that you fished out a la Devil Wears Prada. He kind of had me. Just a boy from Texas, as he mentions. And look at him now. He's cutting Annie. It's Annie, by the way. It's not Anne. Hathaway's bangs. He has a seven-year love affair with Angelina Jolie. I mean, he's living it. He's great. He's also... You know, during this pandemic, brought up a great point of where were some of the manufacturers? Where were the distributors? Who was lobbying to help get the salons open? And he's doing something about it. He created an organization that's going to take action against some of these things in the future. He's not just complaining about it. He's actually doing something about it. And we are proud, proud, proud to support him. Absolutely. Sorely needed in terms of leadership. Like, we're all about it. Congrats to Ted. We're super excited to see how things develop uh, and how people continue to respond to the ongoing pandemic and its, you know, impact on the salon professional industry. Speaking of, 
we've mm-hmm. got another killer interview with someone who's really doing the damn thing. Uh, yep. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who we've got to talk to? Yes. So I was so excited. She's a total badass woman in business. On today's episode, we interviewed the general manager of Pravana, Michelle Chandler. She brought Pravana into their new chapter under Hankel Beauty Care. We talked with her about the word innovation in our industry, women in the corporate workplace, a la International Women's Day, and how to build a hairstylist first brand. Also, she taught me how to have the most impressive headshot in the salon professional space. Because y'all, if you don't follow Michelle Chandler on LinkedIn, please do. She's absolutely amazing. But the headshot is one to be admired. We talk a little bit about that, the perfect flip to get the flow and many other things. She is a joy and delight. So before we get there, we have so much to talk about, and I'm going to get us started with a couple of things that's top of mind for me. And it is that beauty podcasts became bigger than ever in 2020, and we joined the ranks of said beauty podcasts. And the best part, we hit number 103 on the charts for beauty and fashion podcasts in just three months on Apple. And so thank you to my wonderful co-host, who I'm pretty sure people listened for. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's the other way around. I think it's more important that we thank all of you guys for listening to us, for putting True. up with our antics. I mean, our guests have been incredible. We've been so, so lucky. Uh, we are incredibly appreciative for them to spend their time with us, talking about what they've been up to um, and sharing with you guys. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a testament to to the listeners. We're super, super honored. It's crazy yes. to think, like it's only uh, been a few months and yeah, no, it's such yeah. a pleasure. Mm-hmm. As my kids would say, crushing life. <laughs> Which is good because, you know, we're still living through a pandemic, damn it. Um, a year later, which is crazy. Uh huh. Where so... were you when you thought the pandemic was real? Like, kind of like, um, where were you when the man was on the moon? Like, yeah. where were you no, when the pandemic hit? It was like one of those things. My mom is in healthcare. And she mm-hmm. had gotten some notice from some medical boards and things that were popping off that things were about to hit the fan. And yeah, I remembered not wanting to go into work uh, thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we all met and talked about what the heck was happening. And we decided not to go in. And then we haven't been back since. And actually, I went into our office in the Midwest today just to pick something up. And I saw, you know, back to our Jonathan Adler conversation and our love for him. My my ice cream cone base was sitting there with cobwebs all over it. And it was so sad and so surreal. It's like we just like left, like poof, we were gone. I was at a tournament, which is in, in the Wisconsin Dells, possibly mm. one of the most speedy places you could be um the, best place the weekend <laughs> yeah there's just it's bad and it takes a lot to get me there I'm not a water park kind of gal but anyway we were there for my son's basketball tournament they ended up winning state but all of us moms were sitting in the dells in this humid sort of room of slides and water and we were like talking about it and then the next day like everything shut down and we're like if we didn't get COVID from there 
maybe we're safe. But alas, here we are one year later into the pandemic. Some exciting news from Matrix. If you are on the internets or the socials, which a lot of people have been calling social media socials now. So maybe that's the thing. But uh, Matrix did a brand look, relaunch, reskin. It looks absolutely fantastic. We covered it on thetease.com and congratulations to our friends at Matrix. We know how hard taking a heritage brand and rebranding can be and they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's beautiful. The the icon and all of that is so, so cute. And yeah, the packaging and all of it. So congrats to, to the team. Speaking of things that are on the tease.com, our editorial team, hard at work as always, bringing you guys industry news, diving into brands you don't know, but you should. Uh, and one thing that we want to cover, because there's just one day left, is the new PPP loan program that is specific to small businesses. So we talked about the fact that it was announced uh, when it first came out. And now we've got a follow-up guide, which walks everybody through how the heck to apply. So we felt like, because there's one day left, the ninth is the deadline, today's the eighth. We should probably talk about that for a sec. Yeah. So there's some requirements and you can see everything at thetease.com about the PPP loan and qualifications, but the requirements are that need to be met are pretty simple. Your business must have been in operation on February 15th, 2020. Your business must have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and you must submit the required documentation along with your loan application. So this can be daunting, but I'm telling you salon pros, we break it down step-by-step. How do you apply? How can you ensure that that loan forgiveness is granted? Uh, We break it down on the T's. Please get your paperwork in. If there's any industry that deserves this, it's us. It's the Salon Pro. So urging all of you business owners to really, really take advantage uh, and let us know if you have any questions. For sure. We'll include the link in the show notes, of course. And then please share that with everybody that you know. I mean, really, there's one more day to take advantage of this. It would be a shame not to take advantage. We know, as we talked about with Ted and so many other guests, that Salon Pros have been passed over. This is trying to make up for that in some small way. Uh, So please, by all means, really just take advantage, please. Some exciting news with John Paul Mitchell Systems. They named a new CEO. Speaking of International Women's Day, Michaeline DeJoria to Chief Executive Officer. Uh, so way to go. Certainly been in the family business for a while and she has earned her stripes and her way to CEO and we love to see it over and over again. Excited to see what she does with the brand. And then also Jason Yates, who uh, is a friend of the T's, recently promoted from chief operating officer to president of the company. And they're making some waves over there at Paul Mitchell. Lots mm-hmm. of announcements, including Winnie Harlow as their global ambassador. So first ever they are big deal. Gear gearing up for 2021. So kudos to everyone over there. And we got our eye on you. Speaking of retooling a little bit for 2021, given the mess that was 2020, Matrix Synergy had their big event. Uh, we covered sort of what to expect as well as what happened on the tease.com. So please go take a look at that. Uh, really interesting sound bites that we've got sort of compiled for you if you weren't able to make it. Um, but yeah, Matrix doing the damn thing too. Lots happening. And I love to see it because we've all sort of been like waiting around 
trend to mm -hmm. see what's happening. And I'm excited to see what 2021 brings. Let's break it open. Let's do it. Let's get back to work. Let's get everybody back earning and having a great time in our industry. Speaking of having a great time in our industry, mm -hmm. as always, our hardworking editors that are killing it with their coverage, please check out thetease.com if you're not already. Yeah, we're so happy to be publishing the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Jeff, I'm so excited for you to listen to my interview with Michelle. She was awesome. I feel like we connected uh, in many, many ways and her passion for the industry runs deep, really deep. I mean, she is committed to the brand. She has seen it through multiple stages of growth and now taking it to the next level at Hinkle. 2021 for Pravana is poised for growth and she is leading the charge. We'd love to see it. Ladies getting shit done. Michelle, I am so excited that you're here. And before we get started, let me tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Michelle Chandler's career in the professional beauty industry began in 2002 with her experience spanning across both distribution and manufacturing. She joined Pravana in 2006 as a senior vice president of sales and education and in fall of 2017 was appointed general manager of Pravana and has led the brand into its new chapter under Hinkle Beauty Care. Pravana has since been awarded Hinkle Beauty Care's Brand of the Year, major kudos, and continues to rise even through the challenges faced in current times. Michelle's experience within the professional beauty industry, her understanding and compassion for the stylist, and consistent drive to create products and solutions that empower and upskill them to be their best selves are just a few of the ways that she inspires and leads her organization to success. So on this International Women's Day, Michelle, we are here to celebrate you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited that you're here and would love for you to tell all of our listeners kind of your relationship to the industry and, and kind of the, the path that, that started you in the salon pro space. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I, I feel like the beauty industry chose me. I didn't choose it. Uh, growing up, my dad was in the baking industry, so I love carbs. So there's pies. Okay. And hallelujah. Yeah. I'm all about it. So I had my path and um, even through college, uh, they helped scholarship uh, with me. And so I really did have a defined uh, way forward. And then out of curiosity, I looked on the website at the college at the time, see what was open. And there's this beauty supply job posting. So I was like, well, just out of curiosity, I've always been obsessed with beauty. I had the big hair when the big hair was cool, even longer than the big hair was cool. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm learning my side part needs to be a middle part. No, I got it. right. <laughs> and my response to that is I've also done the middle part. I've been there, I done mean, that. And I'm well, side all the way. So yeah. there. I was the queen of baggy Z Cavaricci jeans in junior high. I'm just saying, yes. if anybody knows what those are, you know. I do. <laughs> oh, I sat down with the owner of the company at the time as a privately owned uh, beauty supply in Georgia. And he's like, I just need someone to help me predict beauty trends, to partner with my manufacturers and tell them what you think we need and to help my salespeople really 
cater to this beautiful industry, right? And he had me at helping him with beauty. I'm like, I'm in. So of course, telling my dad that that wasn't my path, that baking was my path, but I'll continue to be a great consumer for him uh, was an easy conversation. And it, it started from there. And he kind of hoodwinked me in a bit because the position was actually as a demand planner. So I was in supply chain. I'm not exactly okay. forecasting much with the exception of how much inventory to bring in. Um, but in that position, I learned and was able to be in all of the planning meetings from all of the different manufacturers that we represented. And I also learned from our sales and education teams what they were missing. So you could hear one, okay. side, of the, uh, one side of the coin of, here's what we're thinking the industry needs and loves. And then you have the people in the street saying, well, this is really what we need and, and what they, they love. And there was this big disconnect. Um, and the second thing I observed, which is really interesting for me, is the different culture that exists between brands and mm. some great, some great for other people. Um, and I, I was just super intrigued at the dynamic that happens when you love one thing, one thing being a one brand or singularly aligned. Um, so I decided very quickly, it's more glamorous on the manufacturing side. I get to actually bridge what's really needed from the people in the street and the salons, you know, the stylists behind the chair to the big guys that maybe have lost touch because they're so far away from the reality of life. So I felt like I could be a little bit of a crusader on behalf of, of the people in the street doing the job every day. And that's when I turned into uh, and turned uh, my position or my career focus into manufacturing. So I went to work for an, um, at the time, an independent um, company, uh, loved it. It was great, great culture. I was always seeking a little bit more. I grew within that company. I learned a lot about street sales. I was really in the field doing uh, work there. And I had met my now husband, but what was my boyfriend at the time, he was living in Tulsa. I'm living in Atlanta. And like every 26 year old girl that has no other op responsibility in life, I moved because <laughs> sure. that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so from Georgia to Tulsa for a boy. I mean, my parents were super thrilled with that choice too. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was in the industry and he had heard about a brand that hadn't launched nationwide yet. And he had met with Steve Goddard, who was the founder of Pravana and heard his story. And he said, listen, you've always been one of those people who want to feel connected with what you're doing, that you're making a difference, that you're really part of the solution uh, versus just this big wig that doesn't really understand what's happening in the marketplace. And this guy has something special. His story is special. He is special. The reason for being is special. And he doesn't know how to get it going. He's, he's still working on getting distribution situated. I really think you could be a huge asset for him. So I went to breakfast uh, with Steve Goddard and I was pretty much in, I was all in that morning, that day. I went to the meeting that afternoon with our now distributor oh, partner. I mean, okay. it was wow. within hours. I'm like, you're not getting rid of me. This is, this is part <laughs> of my, my, my future. And that's how it all began. And it really was, how do we get our message out? How do we change the, the narrative between what a manufacturer relationship could be with distribution partners and also with salons and stylists that we have pledged to serve. And the foundational piece of Pravana, had, it was really what attracted me with Steve. And it was about being different, daring to try something new, um, always challenging your own thought process, challenging the why, and making everything accessible and empowering the people that you serve. And it's never deviated. The, the company has never deviated from that core mission. Um, and that's something that I'm really proud of. And I'm proud that we've, of course, created the team that we have that really supports that. So that's kind of how I've become here, here at, uh, at Pravana. 
and it'll be, I think it's my 15th year in June. Wow. <laughs> so right. I, I've seen the company go through every single chapter. It has been just a beautiful story and there's just so much opportunity ahead of us. I'm very excited for what 2021 and the future brings. Yeah, that's quite a story. I love it. And, and it was all, you know, kind of your path just lined up, right? And Absolutely. the fact that you're now husband was in the industry that connected you to the, I mean, that's pretty amazing. So the move was worth it. I mean, Tulsa wasn't that great, but I, <laughs> I mean, I have two kids now. I'm married. I'm in Florida. Life is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. And I remember, you know, when Pravana hit the market, it was a wow factor. I mean, what was that like initially? Were people like, what? Are we going to do this with our hair? I mean, it was very trendsetting. It was very amazing. Yeah, it, it, it really was. There were so many magical pieces. Um, certainly the product itself, the Vivid line, we were really the first brand, professional brand to bring it to market in a big way. And now, you know, it went from that dirty little secret that stylists were doing on their own to be to really express their own personal creativity now you have, you know, grandma's wearing purple hair and it's right. still widely accepted and celebrated. Yeah. So it's the transition between professional and mass has been incredible with Vivids. Mm -hmm. And I do think we were definitely leading the charge there. We had a quality price point. It was $3.99 a tube, three mm -hmm. ounce tube. Uh, they got a lot of product for that. And that was, you know, the six end gray coverage. So not only were the fun brand to express mm -hmm. your creativity, but we also offered products that really did matter for their daily business. And adding that profitability uh, behind the chair is such an important piece of, of what our position in this industry is, and even still today. And then it was also just Steve's story. You know, he was a hairdresser. He worked mm -hmm. himself, he was, you know, with multiple manufacturers and very high levels of leadership. And he felt the same disconnect that I observed as just a little tiny buyer, um, seeing that I, I've lost what's important. It's no longer about the salon industry. It's about what's going to work on a PL for whoever is mm. looking at that, right? The profit and loss statement. So he really decided to redefine and he's like, Hey, if I'm doing my own thing, I can do it for my own reasons. And it was really mm. born out of let's be different. Let's, let's challenge ourselves to not do what other big brands have unfortunately stumbled into doing. And it's been, it's been great. Um, I think all of that was just the magic. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I know that you, you know, you've always certainly been trend-driven, a trend-driven brand, kind of the in innovator in the space. How, how over the years and so many years have you maintained that status? It's really not driven by internal desire. I think that's one okay. thing that, uh, again, manufacturers, sometimes they, they maybe miss the mark. What's happening on the consumer front? What type of clients are coming into the salon chair and how has that changed over time? And it's, how do you get into what are, what are problems that stylists are facing today with the clientele that they're, they're serving today that they didn't maybe face 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So multi-textural hair. I mean, there's, there's a list of things, you know, this silver trend that made every stylist want to crawl in a hole and, <laughs> and you know, Netflix and binge and not answer their phone because people with level one black hair wanted, you know, the platinum right. card there's a lot of challenges that go from taking someone from one extreme to another. And how can we curate products in the best way possible to get them there in a healthy, sustainable way and a profitable way? So it's really about looking at the, the society that we're serving and what changes dynamics are happening there and how do we curate products mm -hmm. to, to allow the stylist to own that professionalism behind the chair. 
And certainly there, there have been copycats that have attempted, right? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be both exhilarating because it's a form of flattery, right? But sure. also has to keep you on your toes as well in such a competitive category. It is. You know, um, at first, I probably didn't take it as well as I should have. <laughs> I, I'm certainly passionate. <laughs> I am. And I'm super competitive. I played sports. I mean, that's just my DNA, right? Um, but someone very wise once told me you can't have a good race without at least two horses. So you sure. never know if you're winning, if you don't have anyone trying to compete with you. And I think for, for me, the biggest maturity moment was understanding it takes competition. It takes uh, someone challenging you to do better and to think ahead. And that pressure actually gave us new life and new breath into our, our range and the way we innovate. So it, they actually did us a favor. Um, mm. And we've got a lot of cool things coming. So I'm, I'm really excited and I bring it on. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's great. Um, so switching over to the salons and supporting, I mean, certainly it's been a, a interesting last 10, perhaps, well, we're about at the year mark, actually. We are. <laughs> how have, you know, how do you continue to take care of the stylists in our industry, the salons that are supporting the brand? You know, I think now more than ever, this idea of quality value plays so heavily into our recovery. You know, I, I do call it a recovery because that's exactly the phase that our industry is in. And it's going to take all hands on deck. It's going to take associations. It's going to take salon owners, manufacturer mm -hmm. partners, distribution partners. Everyone needs to be solely focused on how do we get our salons back to business as fast as possible in the most profitable way. Um, and that's where, you know, we launched an aggressive program called the Step Up Program. Um, we thought we were emerging through COVID, of course. Um, certainly it was a, a partial recovery, if you will. But we rolled back our pricing for 90 days. We offered okay. stylists who otherwise couldn't afford, in some cases, to get back to work, to buy the, the products to get back to work, um, the opportunity to convert their color line without any sort of purchase barrier. Uh, we awarded two stylists or two salons, I should say with makeovers at the end of the year as a result of the conversion program. So it's really about defining what our industry needs at any given point in time and how can we assist in the most authentic yeah. way. And for us, the value of the brand has always been uh, very important and now more than ever. Yeah, it was interesting. I a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Ted Gibson, who is an amazing soul and, delightful. you know, <laughs> he's delightful. And, you know, he had a really interesting take on kind of where does that responsibility lie to support the stylists in a really broad way? And, you know, he mentioned the grocery associations were lobbying for grocery stores. They were lobbying for the gas stations to stay open. So it was kind of a moment for me where I was like, you're right. Um, yes. It's certainly wonderful, the STEP program that you developed as well. And it will be interesting to see how as an industry we band together amongst even competitive competitors, if you will, to, to rise us up. So any thoughts on that? Because yeah. it was a light bulb for me. Yeah. You know, it really is. And it's, this is the time that, you know, the phrase community over competition, that's what it is right now. It's not about winning. Um, because we can't win if we don't have an industry. At the end of the day, the reason I have the position that I do, the reason I live in the home that I live in, the reason my children have clothes on their back is because of the salon community. Not I love that. that. Yeah. No, no, I, I feel love very that. I feel very responsible for being a part of that. And um, it's all of our responsibilities. 
and we have to figure out how do we how do we look at what are stylists going to what obstacles are they going to face in their path to recovery in the three months six month one year five year we have a lot of disruptors around us right now a lot of channel blurring way people are buying products um, you know e-com versus live there's a lot of emotion around community in a, in a in a physical sense with covid so knowing that we're in an industry where we can legally touch people which is very right. unique right right how do we overcome some of these obstacles and i think it's putting the best minds together regardless of brand affiliation or or any other affiliation and deciding what's the what's the workbook what's the yeah. what's the glide path for for these stylists and i think that's really what it's about and i'll be interested to see who does that I agree. I think, you know, there's a lot of hot button topics right now mm -hmm. that are quite frankly, it's a little frustrating for me. I think the word innovation in, in itself is so overplayed. I mean, everyone's like, oh, I have an innovative shampoo. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a shampoo. We all have shampoo. <laughs> I mean, I say it even, y'all, oh, we innovated something. Okay. Um, I think the definition of some of these bigger words, diversity, inclusion, uh, social responsibility, and I think it's more about action. Who are you when no one is watching? What have you been doing the past five years, not just five months? And I really think it's important. And I, I think the one of the gifts that COVID gave us is that the entire world stopped. Mm -hmm. And really smart groups of people who have been underrepresented used social media, traditional media in a very smart way to get their voices heard. And I think now that their voices have been heard, it's up to all of us to hack our biases Mm -hmm. to teach our people what is good, what is bad, how, how to really be in an authentic way, um, this integral partner to everyone around you. I think this is a huge responsibility. And I think this is the big shift in our industry, not just talking about it, but really having the path, the path on how you're going to integrate that into what you do every day. Yeah, I agree. It was, you know, interesting that you mentioned kind of the world stopping and it gave us time to reflect on a lot of those things and to hear different voices that maybe we maybe were too busy to or didn't, you know, didn't hear at the time. And so I think that's really smart. Um, you articulated it in a very smart way. Uh, well, kind of that experience. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No, it's, it's been a, it's been a learning year, I think for the entire mm -hmm. world. And I think this idea of social responsibility, this is what's changed. You know, it's, it's not, it, the responsibility hasn't changed. The attention to the responsibility and the visibility of your responsibility has mm -hmm. changed. Mm -hmm. And I think as we look forward to what our stylists are demanding of us and what our, our future customers are, are looking for, it's no longer about the shampoo and the bottle. Certainly that's important. It's about who am I partnering with? Who am I giving my yeah. money to? And that's a huge responsibility that we all shoulder. Yeah. So it's on that same realm, you know, talking about what's in store and the opportunity for change, where is Pravana headed in 2021? And I know some of it's probably top secret, sure. <laughs> um, but certainly, you know, your multi-use packaging, the Purify and Revive line would love yeah. your take on where you're headed. We have a lot of cool things. You know, 2020 was a pause year for us for all the right reasons. It was really about a recovery process and we're still in the middle of that process, let's let's be clear. But it's about finding solutions. You know, we we talk about innovation. Innovation for us is fixing a problem or or accomplishing something in a way that no one has ever been able to do before. Mm -hmm. That for us is the intersection between true innovation and just, you know, another thing. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that we've really uh, focused on. One is our sustainability stance. We've always had that as part of one of our, you know, part of a pillar of Pravana. 
it's been ingrained in our DNA from day one. It's part of what we were when we were born and still are. But how do we take a more con concerted and aggressive effort? So looking at PCR packaging, bioresin, which is based on sugarcane, uh, post um, social plastics. So how do we really alleviate our reliance on virgin plastics and really create a sustainable future for our industry and for our planet, for our children? I think also looking at packaging solutions with regard to space saving, you know, one of the biggest shifts we've seen is, you know, sweet salons have been a thing forever and they're going to continue to thrive in this independent space. It's a very small space. They don't have a lot of room to create retail displays and, whole, and you know house all of the color line and all the things. So we just launched an industry first uh, lightener uh, pack package, but it, it literally reduces the footprint of a, a normal tub of lightener. You can fit four huh. of our new packaging into the same footprint. Talk about a game wow. changer from a yeah. space perspective. And, and a lot of salons also have opted to go mobile. You know, women are a little bit um, concerned with going into public spaces and walking through hallways with doors and all the things. So to be uh, sensitive to that, a lot of stylists, have, they're smart, right? They're gritty. They've turned mm -hmm. into mobile stylists. How are you going to lug big five, you know, <laughs> pounds, tubs of uh, lightener around? Now you have a very simple solution. So looking mm -hmm. at that, um, and then of course you mentioned Purify and Revive. This is actually one of my favorites. Prime Spray is, is my favorite. Using plant-based lactic acids to create, uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, it's prized for hydration, mostly used in skincare, but we found when used in this product, it bonds itself to the hard metal and uh, hard metal deposits on the hair and it turns it into a conditioner. So your hair actually huh. detox, but also conditioned at the same time. One of the obstacles um, <laughs> with detox services right now are the time, you know, they're 45 minute processes. There's steps that need to be followed. We've now made this into a spray. You spray it on the hair, you leave it for mm. three minutes, you comb, you apply your, your chemical service and your life continues. So it's, it's a game changer wow. from that perspective. So that's what it is yeah. about finding solutions this year. Um, and I think the biggest other change is education. We can't physically yeah. be in a building in, in most cases. So how do we educate and keep everyone really on top of the trends? How do we get them prepared to really uh, attack the process behind the chair when they can see a decent amount of clientele? And so education online is super boring. It's like doing online, you know, driving <laughs> tests. So how can we innovate in that space? How can we add gamification? How can we add automation? How can we play with some technologies, AI, um, to really create a more gamer type experience? Um, and then of course, offering that accessibly, yep. meaning free um, to our salon community to make sure that they really are able to get back to business in the most powerful way. I love that you admitted that online education can be like not that exciting, right? But it's needed. And so I am really interested to see how you reinvent that space because just talking with manufacturers across the board, somebody's going to need to come to the table with something unique and different. And I think the stylist will be, will be there for it. I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. And I'm very excited. I, I do know of some brands that are doing some amazing things, um, but I'm very much looking forward to our approach. It's going to be very fun. The industry as a whole, you mentioned kind of, there's a lot of different channels now to reach for, for Silas to buy from. What is your take on how kind of Amazon and direct e-commerce is, is changing and will continue to change our industry? 
a tough one. We always think of it as them versus us. And it's very easy to feel that way. I mean, I was this weekend, I needed bean bags for cornhole and I'm like, oh, I'll buy them on Amazon. Yeah. They'll be here by Monday. My husband's like, no, you're going to go down to the store that's privately owned down the street. I'm like, mm. good call. We, because mm-hmm. we've been home for so long, we, we've almost gotten intoxicated with the, the on-demand. You know, everything is here even yeah. same day in some cases or one day or two day for free because you're a Prime member, of course. So it, it's a huge force. And to try to think that we could ever fight it is, is a futile effort because mm-hmm. we'll, never, we'll never beat them at where they're good. Where we can beat them though, however, is, is the relationship. And mm-hmm. I can't think of any woman or man or child or anyone um, who sits in a stylist chair who wouldn't want to give that retail dollar to the stylist. So what we have to think about is what are they missing that, that this other group or entity is offering? So it's how do you participate? You know, logistics, ease, I can order it at 10 o'clock at night. So how can we equip stylists with platforms that enable them to create online stores where they can sell? They don't have to invest in a full retail. I mentioned space is an issue. So it's cash flow. I don't need 42 products in my salon to hopefully sell three this week. If I create an online store, it's free for me. And then I'm able to sell it to my clients at their leisure. And I'm able to make my commissions off that. So it's really about bringing our industry into a competitive alignment with what's happening around us. And I think getting stylists to understand the need for that is probably our biggest challenge, but also our biggest opportunity. I agree too, because even looking outside of the salon pro space, you know, our consumer behavior is so like you mentioned your bean bags that you needed just that yeah. instant gratification. And so we've got a little work to do to kind of catch up with that, with that kind of direct to consumer model as well. So talking about opportunity for change, kind of what's coming up next for 2021. Do you have any teasers for us here over at the Tees? Any new products you want to talk about? Sure. One of my favorites, because it's one of my favorite uh, hues, if you will, is our Pearl series, Pearlescent Tones. Um, very hard to achieve colors. They've been trending for a while. Um, for a stylist to achieve these, however, it's custom mixing. It's a lot of, you know, kitchen math, if you will. And what we're able to do is put together in one tube, a beautiful solution. Uh, what makes these really unique are the soft pink and silver hues that we've used to really create that delicate balance of pearlescence. Um, definitely one of my favorite new innovations. Great. Love it. So today is International Women's Day, as we talked about briefly at the start of this. Um, And I would love to know sort of your quick take on what it's been like to be a woman in an industry that in some cases can be male dominated at the manufacturer's level. No, you're right. Um, Historically, there have been a disproportionate amount of women, specifically in leadership positions. Um, I can tell you my experience has been mixed bag. Um, There have been times where I felt that my gender may have held me back a little bit, or I I haven't been taken as seriously, or what I say doesn't come off the right way. You know, you get pigeonholed into being too difficult or stubborn. Um, But I can also say there are many male counterparts in this industry who have been the reason I am where I am today as well. So I've been supported. I've been suppressed in some cases um, in that way. But I think overall, the beauty industry is really changed its approach. Uh, They are honoring women more than they ever have. There are a lot of initiatives now within our industry to celebrate the fact that uh, women can be great leaders and in some cases the best leaders, wink, wink. Um, So I'm really honored (laughs) to be part of this moment in history, you know, and to contribute to that. Any advice for women that are listening to you and saying to themselves, that's going to be me. That's where I'm going to be in my career. 
I would say, yes, it is. It will be you and you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely possible. You can have a family, you can have a great marriage. You can have all the things and still be, you know, a boss babe, if you will, or an executive in our industry or any industry. I think one of the biggest um, obstacles for women is there's a lot of shame around feedback. You know, we want to be perfect. We have this idea that we need to prove how good we are and how powerful we are. And when we're, we're surrounded by people, we try to almost emulate what we think powerful women are. And I, I think that's actually hurting us. I think our superpower is our vulnerability. It is our femininity. And being able to hear areas of opportunity and development for yourself and not feel shameful about not being perfect, mm -hmm. that's the biggest obstacle of growth. And I think if we can remove the stigma of having hard and harder <laughs> feedback on our personal development, professional development, you're going to see women thrive so much faster. And that's on us as women to really understand. Yeah. And I love that too. The vulnerability of it as well. I have a saying, and it is that I believe that the nice girl does win. Um, and I think that there is a lot of truth to, at least for me personally, and kind of a mantra that I've always subscribed to that nice and kindness factor, whether it is seen as a weakness or not, I believe in the end, it will, it will prevail. I <laughs> so agree. That's one that I certainly, I couldn't by. agree more. And I, I'm glad that you have that too, which is probably why you're in the position that you're in and, and certainly <laughs> thriving and creating it really you're, you're a trailblazer with what you're doing. So that's fantastic. I can't wait to see how you're going to grow this, this business. It's great. Um, I think you, you. you hit on something important too. It's, it's about having integrity and authenticity. If you act yes. with integrity if you speak with kindness, even if it's something that someone doesn't want to hear, it's okay. And I think that's the piece. It's, it's being transparent, it's being authentic, and it's being kind. But honestly, mm -hmm. being honest, I, I think that's really yeah. where the magic happens. Yeah, I agree. So the last part of our interview is something we call the tease quick takes. And we ask all of our guests these questions, and it's been so fun to hear the myriad of answers. So not too much pressure, but we'll go through a couple of questions and just want your quick take. So the first one is bar soap or body wash? Oh, body wash. Ew, bar Thank soap. You, right? I yes. Know. Oh, we had wash. one say bar soap and his rationale was good. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. One product you're loving right now that isn't a Provana product. Uh, my juicer. I got, a, okay. I got a juicer and I'm all about some celery juice, man. I jumped on you the know, train in 2020. Game changer. Celery juice is where it's at. You know, <laughs> I interviewed, I don't know if you know, Jen and Matt Martinelli from Canvas Me or Canvas yeah. Recruit. They're amazing. And they talked about their ritual of celery juicing every day too. So good. Yeah. So good. All right. I, I'm yet to try it. Okay. What are you streaming right now? It could be book, podcast, Netflix. What are you listening or watching? So Yellowstone from a TV okay. perspective, I, it's like so intense, but I, I love it. Anything Simon Sinek, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Brene Brown is wonderful. Um, and anything to do with like how to achieve like work-life balance when you're living at work because <laughs> we're living at work. So Isn't anything- true? Oh yeah. my, I, I can see my kitchen. This is just embarrassing. So yeah, it's yeah. Um, anything to help me achieve balance and to shut it off and 
create some sort of healthy ritual around breaking from my computer to, to hang yep. in with my kids and, you know, being a yep. mom. <laughs> all right. I think we all need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real talk, words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of our industry. Ego. Uh, I've seen some of the most talented, beautiful people that have the potential of, of the next legend in our industry only get to a certain level because the people around them didn't want them to thrive because of their ego. Um, I think it's always being a student, never being the master and having that thought process. And it goes back to, to when people are trying so hard to be what they think they have to be, they're not authentic. And then when you do have some feedback for them on what, where they can really get better in their white spots, there's shame around that for that person. And, and instead of embracing that and really owning it and trying to, to, to develop that piece in themselves, they try to just muscle through it with ego. And that's the, that's the game, game stopper. It's, it kills the game. And it's just so unfortunate. I see it happen all the time. And that's one piece that I wish I could just gift to someone that was infinite talent. <laughs> And then finally, 2021 predictions for our industry. See, it's coming back. And they always say the comeback is stronger than the setback. I see uh, a passionate group of people collaborating together to make the best out of an otherwise um, undesirable situation, to say the least. I see a lot of rebuilding. I see a ton of mobile stylists, home stylists, people changing venue, changing scenery with where they do hair. That's going to be a huge shift for us. I do see the emergence of a lot of digital uh, with regard to shows, education, that's going to be a staple. And I don't think that's just a 2021 thing. I do think that's part of our future. I also see from a consumer behavior perspective, you mentioned channels and, and certainly buying patterns have changed, but their feeling toward hair has changed. We've been home for a year. We've been unable to color our hair. A lot of women are saying, you know what? I want to embrace my texture and curl. I want to go gray. I want to get away from the higher maintenance every four to six weeks things. I'm, I'm actually, once I get past the morning of who I used to be, I'm embracing and loving the person I am now. And that changes what they're looking for, the services that they're looking for, the products that they're looking for. So I see a lot of area of opportunity for all of us to adapt to that and to support that. And then finally, where can we learn more about Pravana, follow Pravana and all of those great things? Yeah. I mean, Instagram, we love Instagram. We're always there. So Pravana on Instagram, certainly our website, Pravana.com. Uh, we have a hotline team at 855-Pravana. If you just want to chat with one of us every once in a while, um, those wow. are probably the best ways to engage with the brand. Any social channel, of course, but certainly Pravana.com is our, our main hub for everything. All right. So Jeff, what did you think? Was I right? Incredible. I mean, you were a thousand percent on the, <laughs> the passion point. I mean, my God, but don't you love that? Like when people are this yes. passionate about, you know, what it is that they do, like it's what we want to talk about all day. Like what makes them excited to get up and, and take this shit on because it is sometimes daunting. Uh, and she really gets into it for us, which wow. I know. And I love how she started out in college with an internship at a distributor, kind of forecasting trends, and then up, up, up she went. And now the general manager of Pravana and her spirit, her drive, her passion, her ingenuity uh, is heir apparent in this interview and all of the things that she's doing to lead the brand forward. Michelle's a joy. She's a delight. We are also going to demo that hair flip for use on our oh, TikTok. So Ooh. let's just, you know, Kelly, 
Michelle and you, you connected, you talked, you bonded about mm -hmm. the perfect headshot, which mm -hmm. involves a flip of the hair. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. could you demonstrate for everyone how to get the perfect? And I will, I will try to, <laughs> to emulate this, this perfect, this moment. Yeah. Possibly, but I'll give you a little shot right now. Sure. Are you ready? Yep. That didn't look anything like hers. <laughs> so the key is really just this sort of. He is just to whip it, flip mm. it, whip it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Legally Blonde where you do the bend and snap. But this is kind of the bend and flip and then capture the hair mid moment. Mi oh, see that I yeah. feel like is key. So it's the, the coming up of it okay, all. Where do we the... gonna need side mm -hmm. and then you're gonna flip. Yes, oh, if I your had, buzz cut went nowhere. I was going to say, if and I I'm had... Impressed, I'm impressed that your headphones didn't go flying. <laughs> we're we're going to do enjoy. this with the peanut butter cups next yep. time, too. <laughs> so, Michelle, it was an honor. Excited uh, to see what you do in 2021 with the team. And now we all know how to take a really banging headshot, so... I do, I know. I'm going to need some Pravana color in that hair, though. Like... Hers is a beautiful, anyway. <laughs> so I learned something, I learned you. many things. <laughs> mm -hmm. So be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok at Read the Tease. And send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mana Hickey and Stephen Jopper. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.